in almost every nation, in almost every society, there is some kind of understanding of what love is. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to be talking about the full color of love. The full color of love. Can we all say together? The full color of love. How many of us know the full color of light, of white light? The full color of white light. Can someone tell me the full color of white light? Sorry? A, a bit louder? Rainbow, which is what? Made up of what? Okay, some call it Roy Jibiv, right? Roy, Roy Jibiv, because when you see white light, it is not just white. It's made up of all these seven different colors. Same as love. Love hasn't just got one picture. Many pictures put together. Okay, the color of God's love. When you go into many societies in this, around this world today, different people seem to have an understanding or an idea of what love is. Children, the youth, the young adults, adults, everyone seems to have an idea what love should be. When you talk about children, children, when you ask a child what love is, love to a child is Everything I ask for, you give me. That's love for the child. <laughs> for the youth, love is when you allow them to do what they want to do. What they want to do. That's, you love me. If you love me, you let me do whatever I want, I, want, I, want, I want to do. That's for them what love is. Young adults. Hmm, terrible one. The young adults, <sighs> love to the young adults is when you show him or her romantic love, whether they are angry, sad, or happy. And for the adults, love is when you don't upset them. When you don't upset him, you love him. You don't upset her, you love her. But if you upset him or her, that is not, you don't love me that much. Because if you love me, you will not upset me. See, so there are different understanding or views of what really love is. And the people in Matthew chapter 5, which Jesus addresses or was speaking to in his sermon, had this understanding. They also had this idea of what love is. And Jesus had to correct that, had to broaden that view. And that's the thing we want us to look at, that I want us to look at this morning in Matthew chapter 5, please, from the verse 43. But before I go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, I want you to come with me to Luke, uh, sorry, Leviticus 19, verse 18. 
Leviticus 19 and the 18th verse. We want to quickly look at this scripture. Here in Leviticus 19 verse 18, the command of the Lord to the Israelites is, is this. Thou shalt love, thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy... Oh, come on, I can't hear you. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So the people he is speaking to have heard this thing over and over and over and over. But Jesus comes and he challenges this teaching. Because they have a certain understanding as far as this teaching is concerned. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the command they've been given. And here in the verse 43 of the Matthew 5, he says, you have heard. You have heard. That it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor. But then, hate thine enemy. So as long as the person is a neighbor, love the neighbor, but hate the enemy. That was the understanding. Love neighbor, but hate the enemy. That was a popular view. Here, Jesus does not, okay, he does not come to say, this is wrong. Love your neighbor all right, but you have not practiced this thing fully. You love your neighbor all right, but you hate your enemy. Since that is not the full color of love. And here, if we're going to learn Jesus, on this conclusion Sunday, where we bring into a, a closure, not so much of that, but... So to speak, we need to hear Jesus on this issue of love. Hallelujah. Because love is the character of the kingdom of God. And hate is a character of the kingdom of the enemy. Love your neighbor, but... Hates the enemy. He's saying no. That is not what it should be. So Christ Jesus does not say the opposite. But he comes to extend the command. It is love for neighbor. And also love for your enemy. It all boils down to what you call neighbor. For most people, neighbor is my family. For some people, neighbor refers to those who live in the same house with me. 
When I leave this household, that's it. And this view, you could see this, 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 this view is very popular among even Christians today. They have, they have so good affection for husband and children. Hey, family, 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 like mother hen, family. This is family. They will save God family. Right now, let this building begin to shake. Let there be a great, you know, a cook here. And everybody running out that scatter. And you will know who will go for who. You, we can, you, you can almost tell. I should have probably asked this question. Who would you go for? But you will see that each and every one of us here will begin to look for particular people to pick first. Mothers will be going for their one, two, three, four children. Hey, my child, my daughter, hey, my daughter, safe. And now, who else can I now help? Hey, pastor, the fire is too great in that room. I cannot go, but you're able to go there and pick your daughter. In the same way, if there's a need to be met, People would always want to help meet the need of their kind. The Israelites had fallen into this. If you are an Israelite, you are a neighbor, you are a brother. They've got, they had, they came to this, 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 to this under, under, understanding that they were the people of God. Every other nation around them were Gentile nations and they were not God's people. So they didn't really have any affection for them. Those of you that have been going through the Friday teachings, you are aware of the, of the, of the Jonah syndrome. If the, if the nation is wicked and you want to destroy them, go ahead and destroy them. Why send me? Let them die. They are evil. The Jonah syndrome. But Christ here is saying no. The, the love of God, the love that God wants us to show is not just to your kind or to those that just live in your home. Or your husband, brother, sister, children, nephew, and those ones, and then that's it. Everyone else, God for, uh, each one for himself, God for us all. After they've saved their family, they say, well, each one for himself, God for us all. So fend for yourself. But Jesus Christ says, no, that is not what love, God's love, is all about. God's love reaches far. Praise God. Look at the way he puts it here in the verse 46. He says, 46, he says, for if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? Hello? If your love, if, if all the love that you show is just for those who love you back. 47, if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? 
What just Christ is saying is this. If love to you is just being nice to your household, that ain't love. Because that everyone can do. And even the publicans, even the evil people can do it. Even bandits love themselves. Even crooks love themselves. They go to do a job and someone gets wounded. They will go back and get a person and care for the person. But if they come, they will wound you and take your goods and go away. So even they care for their kind. So if you, all you can do, or if, if all we can do is care for our kind, he's saying, what different are you? It's no different. Hello. It must go beyond. Praise God. I am nice to you. You see, we can all be nice to those who are nice to us. And that's what we all do. Nice to me, nice to you. But Jesus is saying, no, we need to extend. The goodness of love must not be restricted to only good people and good behavior. That's what he's saying here. That's the principle here. The goodness of love must not be restricted to only good people and good behavior. Those who are good. Because he's a very nice man who always waves you back, salutes you. Anytime you pass, you salute. Oh, hello. And say, hello, hi. Oh, as for me, I'm a, I'm a very love, loving person. No. Wait until God puts you to the test. So we can all love when people respond nicely and good to us. That child who always responds to the, to the things you tell him or her to do. Oh, I love this child. Wait till you get one who doesn't respond to the things you say. Or what about the other one who doesn't respond very well? So, I am kind, I am nice. Oh, for a good man. Oh, he says, it's a very nice man. I'll do it. For him, I'll do it. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. For him, I'll do it. Oh, he's a very good boy. He's a very good man. So for him, we will do it. And they will think that we are being so loving. And then sometimes, too, we give goods to people. And that was a problem I had with some people. End of the year, you bring me a hamper. And I also package a hamper and I bring to you. What have I done? What really have I done? You gave me a hamper. You package some things in a basket with some flowers, some awesome goodies, biscuits, all nice things, and then I, I did the same thing for you. What have you really done? And what have you really done? It, it, is, it, is, it is credit when I go to give to someone who cannot return that favor to me. Then I will say, yes, I've done something great. But I give to you, you give to me. You buy me a suit, I buy you a shoe. You buy me a service, I buy you that. What good is it? Mm. Mm. Ministering to ourselves. Mm. 
just blessing one another. I know I go to the shop, I travel to, I, I travel to Africa, I bring you peanuts. You travel, you bring me. God bless you. <laughs> what great have we, what, what are we really doing? Just, just by saying that, when you do that, what makes you different from the one who doesn't even know me? Because they all do that. People, people do it. You don't need to know Christ to be able to do that. It's just a nice gesture that people do. Then he moves forward. But he says, what we should rather do is to, ex- see, is to show the full color of love. Which is what? To be able to love the enemy. Love the enemy. Love the enemy. Why? Love the one who is not kind. Love the one who is not so nice to you. Love that person. Show your goodness to that individual. And this is what, what I'm saying here. You know, I'm not saying it is the most easiest thing to do. But if it was not doable, Christ would not re- recommend it. Hello. Okay. Praise God. Let's get to work now. Matthew 5, 43. You have heard, it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despite will use you and persecute you. And then it's, and then number 45. That, that, Show the full color of love. Why? So that you may be the children of your father. Basically what he's saying there is, this is the nature of your father. Your father is good to both the good and the evil. The father makes his son to shine on both the good and the evil. He makes his rain to, to, to fall upon the just and the unjust. We all know that sometimes it rains here and doesn't rain there. But it is not because God is causing it to rain upon the Christians and not rain upon the it is never so. Whatever God does, it is open for everyone to enjoy. Sometimes when you get born again and you really into the things of God, sometimes you tend to have the idea that God only favors Christians. But later on, as you live long, you get to see that actually God favors everyone. 
And then sometimes it becomes very difficult to really accept it. That why? Then why am I serving God? Are you serving God so that he will stop being who he is? God is love. And the nature of love is that love does not restrict itself to only good. You see, for love to be love, love has to bless all that's around it. That is the character of love. Love reaches out to all that's around it. And that's what Christ is saying, is saying here. The father causes his son to shine upon the good and the evil. He causes his reign to come upon the just and upon the unjust. He gives to all. Hello. But for us, most of the time, the moment you go against us, we cut you off. Every good thing that we are supposed to get, we get cut off. Even our prayers change concerning you. <laughs> God, let's fire, let's turn. I know most of you don't do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad we don't do that here. Some people will pray thunder. They will pray fire upon you. Father, destroy them. Let their children become whatever. And they call it. And it's called prayer. God, God have mercy. Amen. But God is not like that. Because God is love. Love is not like that. And God is love. Love is not like that. Remember. Remember. In Genesis chapter 3. Right? Genesis 3. When our first parents sinned against God, what happened? They have disobeyed him. Almost like ruined the whole plan, the whole thing. But they had covered themselves with leaves. But what did God do? Genesis, Genesis 3. What did, what, did, what, did, what did God do? Before God sent them out of the garden, Bible says that God gave them coats of skin. They had leaves around them. But what good was leaves going to do for them? God covered them with coats of skin. Solid. Something durable. So all the, if it was you and me that someone has ruined our plans, would you go to the next stage of clothing them? No. But God clothed them. And the reason why God actually even sent them out of the garden was not because he hated them, but it was because, still because of love. Because if they stay, they will be destroyed and we'll we all be doomed forever. So God put man out of the garden. It was a temporary measure, out. So that he can bring us back in through Christ Jesus. Read that text and it says, lest he takes puts under and eat of the tree of life and lives forever in his sin and becomes like forever sinful, can't change. But now I can put you out. So even in that moment, 
God's love was still towards the ungodly. Do you know what love is? Do you know what love is? Love is not love until it loves the unlovable. <laughs> According to proper definition, I haven't defined it and I don't intend to define it. But I intend to make a statement about love. But I will, find, I will later on define love. But now I'm only giving a, sta a statement concerning love. That love is not love until love is able to love the unlovable. Basically, love goes to the unlovable. Love is not love when it's just around those that are just nice, those that are just friendly, those that are just cool and good. A person is cool, so you love them. That really is love. For love to be love, it has to be able to reach the unlovable. The unlovable is that difficult person, stubborn, difficult enemy. One that is not nice. Hello, love. As we are making our way to 2020, we want to, you know, have this thing beneath us and guard ourselves with this quality of God. For every value of God is undefeatable. Hallelujah. Amen. Love is the greatest force, greatest power in the whole of the universe because God himself is love. God doesn't have love. Hello? God doesn't have love because he himself is love. And it loves the unlovable. The one that is challenging to love. And God does not restrict himself, his goodness to only the nice people who are in covenant with him. You remember you remember Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel? This man did not fear God, did not, did not serve God. But what did God do? God made him ruler of nations. And you wonder, but God, why don't you just let only your people, Israel, rule all the nations? Because God is, is love. He gives to everyone what is what his plan, what he's created them for. Hallelujah. That is why some people are not Christians, but you can see them doing certain things. But a person should not just ride on that because life is not just about here and now. So here on this earth, God's love is towards everyone. God's goodness is towards everyone. 
And that's how come some people make the mistake and think that because life is good, life on earth is good for them, they think they don't need God. That's that, and that, that's a big mistake. Because a day is coming when they will have to sign the death warrant. And where they go to is a question. Where are you going to go to? With all the goodness here on this earth. So yes, here on earth, the goodness of God is towards everyone. No discrimination. God blesses, God rains his goodness upon ev almost everyone. But what do you do when it's time to go? Hallelujah. Amen. You remember in the, in the book of Gen Genesis, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, they were idol worshippers. But when God wanted to preserve people through famine, who did he give a dream to? No. Who did he give a dream to? Pharaoh. But was Pharaoh an Israelite? Or was Pharaoh... Was Pharaoh from, from, from Abraham's line of action or from Jacob? No. But yet God gave him the dream. Which Joseph interpreted later on. So God gave him the plan of, you know, using Egypt as a place where food will be stored. And all will go. So you see that God is very generous. God, let, God allows his goodness to reach the good and the ungodly alike. He lets it go to everybody. I mentioned the book of Nazar. This man won't submit to God. But God said to him, I've made you a ruler of rulers. I've made you ruler of rulers. And God told him, you know what? A day is coming. Though you are the head of gold, a day, a day is coming. Other empires shall come after you. No! He didn't want that. So he decided he would make the statue that he saw all gold. Because he thought by making, by making it all gold, he can change the order of things. Because the, the dream he had, the statue was gold, and then brass, and then bronze, and then the feet was sand, and all that. No! He wanted to change it. He didn't like God's order. So changed it, made a statue so people will worship it. He won't bow down to God, not at all. But eventually, after God made him become like an animal in the wilderness, eating grass, when God restored his senses, he said, now, I'm Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not the most high God. Hallelujah. Amen. See, so finally, he came to his senses and began to serve God. But before that, God gave him so much, but he was not of God. Come to Psalm 145, please. Psalm 145. Then verse 8 to 9, which reads, it says that God is good to all. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Verse 9. The Lord is good to who? All. The Lord is good to all. 
He is good to all. This is the character of love. He is good to all. Not to some. His, the love, 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 which is God. Love is not discriminating. Let us say, oh no, this one for that. No, no. love gives its goodness or shows its, its, its goodness to all. How many of us know the Apostle Paul? Before he became Apostle Paul, he was called Saul. But this man was persecuting the church greatly. Many were killed because of him. Many were put to jail. Women. It, when I read the account in Acts, sometimes I get sad that, you know, he would go into, into homes. Whether, and he doesn't care whether male, female, child, he would draw you out. If, it was, if you were God, let's say you are, as you are, you are, you are, you are God. One night, as he knocks on the door. How, okay, let me, let me ask you this. How many of us have ever read, um, you've read the book of, um, what book is that? Uh, Abraham, and, Abraham and Lot. It's, 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 it's what book? Very good Bible student. Okay. Read Genesis, and you see that, and you read the account where the angels go to Lot's place, and the people were so vile in their sodomy and all that, and wanted to have the angels, and then you see how they, and when you read the account where the angels made them blind, what happens to you? When you read the past where the angels, where the angels made the people blind, how do you feel? Happy. You feel happy. See, we all want, you know, yeah, yeah. Because when we see people doing wrong, what we, what we want is, you know, judgment. Instant. We're happier, you know. We, we like those kind of, you know. But when you read things like Saul in Acts, raiding Christian homes, bringing them out, People being killed. Stephen being killed. And the man just standing there watching people stone, stoning Stephen. And you wish, if it was me, you and me, wish, you know, take some cane and then just rub his back. <laughs> but God doesn't. God leaves him. Ah. If you were God and, and as God, you had the power of breath, wouldn't you just take it away from him? Just for a minute, for, for him to do. <laughs> and then you realize that what he's doing is wrong. But does God do that? No. He stops. He allows him to still breathe. God allows him to still breathe. I wonder. And that's love for you. Love. Because you would have wished that, you know, he would just switch or give him intermittent breathings. And then you realize what he's doing. But God allows him. Have it. Enjoy it. Why? Because he had a greater purpose at the end. In his goodness. To use his hook to bring you back. And when you finally turn around and realize who he is. You are forever and ever and ever grateful. 
That is the beauty of love. You see, there is an attitude. If you show that horrible attitude in between, when people finally turn around, they don't really appreciate what they have seen in the past. But when in their time of being horrible, the love of God and the goodness of God was shown them, and they finally turn around, it dawns on them. The eye opens. The senses, the senses are enlightened. Oh my goodness. And you bore with all my nonsense. All the things I was doing badly. You were able to bear with all of them. They become so appreciative. Their heart is so broken. They get to see the, ex, you know, the awesomeness of the God that we serve. Paul call him, Paul, Paul, see, read it, read it. First Timothy, first Timothy, um, verse, chapter 1, 12 and 13. He says, I was a blasphemer, an injurious man, causing people injury. Yes, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious? That's how he describes himself. I was not nice. But hey, the goodness of God's love was so shown a man like that. And let me ask you, how many, how many, how many di, 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 disciples did, did Christ have? Twelve. But of every twelve, one is a Judas, isn't it? Now, when did Jesus knew that Judas would betray him? When? When did he know? At the last supper. Hey. When did Christ got to know that Judas would betray him? Please. It is not at the last supper. He always knew. Hello. He always knew. But do you realize that all the feeding, all the miracles that Christ did, he, was, he, he, he enjoyed it? Yes. Every good thing that Christ did, he enjoyed it until the time he came to betray him? So he knew. But he allowed him to enjoy everything he gave out. This is what I'm talking about. The love is not restricted to good people and good behavior. God's love. He says love, not just thy neighbor. And even the neighbor is not the kind of neighbor you are thinking about. Neighbor is anyone that's around, anyone that you come to contact with. Because when the lawyer asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus Christ gave him the story of the good Samaritan. Who's my neighbor? He says, neighbor is anyone you come upon in life. That's neighbor. Neighbor is not your next door neighbor, number 43. No. And neighbor is not your uncle. But neighbor is anyone you come across. Neighbor. That is neighbor. Are you able to extend the love you will extend towards your brother? To this neighbor? That's the question he's asking here. 
Hallelujah. But not even that. Not even that. Not even that. He says, this is the nature of God, your father. So why is he saying this? He says, we are to emulate our father. If there's anywhere in scripture where we have a direct command or a direct instruction, you know, to behave like God the Father, it is here. And I will count it in verse 48. But he says, so that you will be like your Father. That means God expects us to love the way he loves. Display the full power of love. And what is it? So this is the nature of God, right? You can see it, you can see it run through all scripture. You can see it running, running through. But here, this, this, this is a caveat. Let's not mix God's holiness and God's love. Let's not misunderstand the two things. They are, they are different. God's love and God's holiness. In his holiness, he must punish sin. In his love, he must be good to all. He punishes sin, but he is good to the sinner. Good to the sinner, but I must punish his sin. Hallelujah. In his holiness, if he does not punish sin, it goes against his nature. He's a holy God. And that must not be. He has promised he will punish sin. So if he does not punish sin, he's no longer faithful. He's no longer just. He's no longer righteous. But he must be loving, so he's good. I will give you food to eat, but the punishment, you must have it. Do <laughs> you get a picture? Yes. You've been caught. You've been reported. You go to jail, but we'll still come and visit you. Even though we say, why are you coming to visit me? After bringing me to jail. Well, we brought you to jail because your punishment deserves jail, but we will come and visit you and bring you food to eat. Do you get a picture? God's holiness and God's love are two different things. Love doesn't mean you don't correct wrong. Hello? So let's not get that, and let's not think that I'm saying, oh, love means everything, but everybody that does anything, oh, yes, yes, after they've done the evil thing, let's drop them on the, on the head. No. What I'm saying is, you still, whatever is due, whatever is good, you still give it. Okay, let's go into it now. Um, so what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Love. How should we love? Christ shows us here. Now let's go to it, verse 45. How should we love? Love your enemies. And the first thing he says is, bless. Bless what? Oh, come on, I can't hear you. Bless what? Bless those who curse you. Bless them. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Bless them. Bless them. People who condemn you. People who do things to hurt you. He says, to show the full color of love, bless them. That is, do not return condemnation for condemnation. They've said bad things about you, and you've heard it. But when you've heard the bad thing they've said about you, do not, you see, when you hear someone say something bad about you, what's the natural tendency? Hello? What is the natural tendency? You hear someone say some bad things about you. The natural thing is what? You also to find out something they've done bad and then say it. He says, no. <laughs> You've heard them question you. They've cursed you. They've said some bad things about you. It hurts you. They condemn you. They've basically assassinated your character. But when you hear it, the Lord says, bless them. Hallelujah. That means... Open the way. Open the way of goodness towards them. Bless means make it possible for them to succeed in their life. It means make it open the way for them to have favor as they go along the way. Hey. I read this and I said, oh my Jesus. I said, I want to learn you, but, ooh, but this is it. We want to learn Jesus? He says, we should bless those who curse us. Ooh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. They've made the path difficult for you to fail by you. Make it favorable for them. Hello. Hello. This morning, as I was prepared, as I was getting ready to come for service, I was praying. And then thoughts of some things that some people have done just entered, just passed through my, my mind. And the natural tendency was God. And then all of a sudden, this scripture just rushed through. Said, oh my goodness. Said, God, let it be good for them. Bless them. Favor them. Lift them up. <laughs> oh gosh. Hallelujah. Even in your prayer closet, those thoughts will come. Hello. And he says, what, what was the next one that he said? He says, the verse, the, again in the verse 45. Oh, sorry, verse 44, sorry, verse 44. Do good. Hello? Do good to who? To those who hate you. 
those who hate you. What is hate? I'm going to give you a picture or a story of hate. A picture of hate and good is the story of Joseph and his brothers. They hated him because he was loved by the father, by the father Jacob. Jacob had blessed Joseph with a coat of many colors. That set him apart. That was not enough. As if God Almighty also began to give him dreams. <laughs> and when he told those dreams of greatness, Bible says they hated him the more. But we are yet, we are yet to find out what hatred meant. And then he was sent to go and look at the welfare of his brothers. And Bible says, as, they, as he was coming, and they saw him coming, coming from afar, they said, yes, here comes the dreamer. Hatred. They stripped him of his coat of many colors. They put him in a hole. Later on, when you read the later chapters, you see Reuben and Judah saying, when they were regretting, say, didn't we tell you? Didn't you see the agony of the, of the lad's soul? As we were putting him in there, and he was crying, oh, my, my brothers, why are you doing this? And I could imagine when he was finally being sold to the, to the Ishmaelites. And I, I could see him say, oh, please, I beg you. Oh, please, please, please. I could, I could, I could, I could imagine him pleading for dear life. That please, no, don't sell me. I am your junior brother. Why are you doing this to me? Oh, please, why? What? And he cried, but the brothers just turned their eyes away. And he was taken away. And I could imagine the pain in Joseph's heart as he was being taken away. And he bore this thing for 13 good years. Sold away. And then finally, finally, he gets into power. And lo and behold, he sees his brethren with their mustache and with their crooked faces and with their twisted lips and twisted, twisted ears. With your old, the clothes they've been wearing since 13 years ago because they've not advanced. <laughs> Standing before him. You know? Standing before him. Wearing the same old shoe they used to wear. With no badges, no dignity. They are not personalities, they are just there. And he could just crush them like that with one hand. All, he is, all, all Joseph had to do was just lift up his hand and say, these guys. And they, and, and they are gone. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But the Bible says when Jacob died, they fabricated a story and said, our father, before he died, said, Joseph, we should come and beg you because... Um, Per adventure, um, you become evil towards us now that Jacob is dead. And he said, 
Am I in a place of God? Am I God to decide your fate? How can I do that? No. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I will take care of you. I will nourish you. I will make sure that it is well with you. That is doing good for those who hate us. That is the picture of being good to those who hate us. They stripped him of his coat. They stripped him of family life. They stripped him of his father. They stripped him of his home. They stripped him of his comfort. They stripped him of many things. Maybe some people have stripped you of your dignity. Maybe they stripped you of home life. Maybe they stripped you of some comfort. Maybe they stripped you of things that are dear to you. And in your heart, you are basically saying, ah. I wish God give me the power over these people. I'll crush them too. But God is saying, no, no. Display the full color of love. Display the full color of love. Love. Do good to those who have hated you. They've done evil things. But do good unto them. They come your way, do good unto them. And then finally, he says, pray. Pray. Hallelujah. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Despitefully use you has the sense of false accusation. Ever been falsely accused? If you have ever been falsely accused, you will understand that that is one of the most difficult things to deal with. When you know it is not true, but, you, you, but people can't believe you, it's one of the most painful things. I have heard things. And sometimes I want just an opportunity to just clear. No, the door is even shut for you to even clear your name. It's very painful. False accusation. And people walk with that thing in their heads. And they treat you and they relate to you from that. And you know what he says? He says, pray for them. Pray. Pray before who? And what, what, what we pray, who do we, who do we, who do we, who do we pray to? God. And you're going to pray to the Father. And he's a father of love. I mean, he's, he's love. And are you, are you going to tell him to what? To kill, to kill them? Pray for them. Pray for them. How should we pray? Oh, we have two examples in scripture, don't we? Even more than two. We have, we have Jesus. Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. Stephen repeats the same thing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. 
And Moses, after all the Israelites had done to him in the wilderness, still says, God, if you will not take them to the land, take my name from the book of life. So the prayer he was talking about here is not prayer of fire, destroy them, fire, burn them. No, but rather God, be merciful unto this person. Maybe you want to say, Lord, help this person come to understand you. Help him come to know the truth. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He says, this you shall do so that you be you be what? So that you, you, you will indeed present yourselves as children of your heavenly father. And then in verse 48, finally, 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 he says, Be therefore perfect in showing the full color of love, even as your father is perfect and shows the full color of love. God demonstrates the full color of love. Love extends its goodness to both the good and the bad. The one that just insulted you, the one that just abused you, the one that just did something wrong to you, very, very horrible, he's saying, extend. Love is the ultimate. Love is supreme. Love is king. Love reigns. Hallelujah. Amen. And we function, we function properly as human beings in love more than in hate. Have you seen a person who is full of hate? Functioning excellently in every dimension? No. Usually something goes wrong. Why? Because the hands that made us is called love. And he weaved us in that, with a mind, that thing. So we, so we function properly in love. Because we are the product of love. Hallelujah. Be perfect. Another way is to, to say, become complete in love. Let's forsake the partial touch and the partial engagement with love. Let's have full engagement with the full color of love. Let's engage fully with the full color of love. Let's not just, you know, respond to, just take bits of love here. No! Let's go for the full color of love. Where we love those that are not kind. And we love those that are good. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So as we move from here. You've cut some people off. They will never have a thank you from you. They will never have how are you doing from, from you. 
As long as they are able to receive you, you just say hello. Say hi. How are you doing? This is, this is just to say hi. How are you keeping? They may, re, they may reject your text or, or whatever. You give them water to drink and they throw it away. You buy something and they say, well, we will never use it because you bought it. Well, I'll keep buying it anyway. Hello. But, or maybe they, they, they don't like you, but when you buy it, they use it. You say, because of that, I'm not going to buy it anymore. No, keep buying it. Because you are showing, you are engaging with the full color of love. You are indeed showing that you are a true son or daughter of the Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. You are indeed showing that you belong to the kingdom of God. And Christ is our king. He says, be perfect. Hallelujah. Sometimes we say, oh, I'm not perfect. No, Christ says, be perfect in love. He doesn't have the love here. But he be perfect. Be complete. But the second matter was love. Be ye complete in showing love. This is my Christmas gift to you this morning. Hallelujah. God bless you. Before we bring our broadcast to a close, you probably do not know Jesus. Your life has been lived far away from him. You've shown no respect unto him. Maybe you have even talked evil about God. Maybe you even despise God in your heart and you despise Christians and you, you do all that you can, you know, to make God appear bad. But God still loves you. Today, he's calling you home. Today, he's reaching out to you. By the sound of my voice, God is reaching out to you. Open up your heart and receive him. Let him come in. Maybe your heart is full of hate, of hatred. As he comes in, he will draw all the hatred out of your heart. Talk to him right now and ask him to come into your life. Ask him to give you his life that you may experience transformation and begin a brand new life in him. Some months ago when I came upon this scripture, it broke me. I saw this scripture the way I've just presented it and I thought, oh my goodness. It hit me like a bomb. You may have certain things in your heart. Maybe you've, in your mind, in your heart, there is someone you are not letting go. You are allowing unforgiveness or something to really, you don't, you, you have, you've got no, you've, you've got, if, if you're going to be a child of your father, you cannot have all that. You want it to drop it, drop it right now. Just, just drop it, just drop it right now. Drop it. But anyway, by the way, remember, Jesus Christ says, 
If you don't forgive men their sins, how do you expect God to, to, uh, to forgive yours? To, so don't, don't forget that. But you see, I want to serve him. And I believe you want to serve him too. This morning, I don't know where your heart is, but you want to pray as a Lord God Almighty. I want to walk in the truth of this word. Talk to him. Lord, say, Lord, help me, help me here. I want to walk in the truth of this. Let this truth grip your heart. Allow, allow it to sink into your heart. Allow it to, you know, permeate the, the depths of your soul. Let it, trans, let, let it change your mindset. Because you see, you don't know this person who is today very horrible. You don't know what lies. You don't know what tomorrow God is going to do in their lives. But you want to give them that experience that when they finally come into the light, they will know, ah, this was what so and so used to show me. Now I understand. We are the face of God. To the people we encounter each day to the family, to our friends, to the people around us, to those far off, we are the face of God. And Christ is saying, be perfect in love. Be complete in love as God is. That we love full. We go to the full. I mean, we embrace love in its fullness. Being able to love the unlovable. And what is love? Love is seeking the ultimate good of the other person. When you seek the ultimate good, you seek the ultimate good of the other person. That is, that is love. Where you are seeking the ultimate good of the other person. The best for them. That is love. Whether they're good, Sometimes in seeking the ultimate good of the other person will mean to deny them something but then to open another door onto them. Father, we thank you that we will walk in the light of the truth of God and that even in the coming year, Lord, we will become skillful in living out this truth. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you.